Okay. I said we're going to be in John in John chapter five, but let's go to John chapter twenty because I hadn't been doing it. John chapter twenty, verses thirty-one, and uh, quote it with me if you will. Everybody there, John chapter 20, verse 31. This is the key, key verse of the book, and uh, hopefully we'll know about it. Ready? But these things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. That's the reason he wrote the book, you know. Okay, as we, we're kind of changing, we had last week the, the man who laid by the pool and waiting for the move, moving of the waters and Jesus came and healed him. And, and the big deal was the Sabbath and we talked about the Sabbath and they saw the the Jews around him at the time says, you know, you're healing on the Sabbath. The man picked up his pallet and walked on the Sabbath and he, all that was work. And we talked about how legalistic they were and we are on some things. <clears throat> it's, it's where we are. In chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 15, this is after he didn't know who healed him and Jesus found him in verses 14 and verse 15. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But he answered them and he said, My father is working until now. And I myself am working. Verse 18. For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he was not only was breaking the Sabbath, but he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Now, when you interpret scripture, and this is true today and tomorrow and forever, it's all about context. To pick up a realtor thing, it's context, context, context. And so when Jesus came on the scene, the people who were giving him a hard time with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, the rulers of the day, the religious leaders of the day. And of all people, they should have known the Scriptures. We, we would assume that they did. To be a Pharisee, you knew you had to know the first five books of the Bible by heart. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You had to know them every jot and every tittle to be a Pharisee. Plus, 
through the years, they had piled on all these other rules. You know, the 400 silent years when the Greeks were in prominent, you know, and when Jesus came on the scene, you can't work on the Sabbath. And that's a... You can't do anything on the Sabbath. And yet we talked about it last week that that wasn't the intent at all uh, when the Lord told them to keep the Sabbath holy it was for a day of rest and for a day that they could uh, look to him and, and seek guidance so we have in scripture several times where people did kind of get in the way of the Lord and one of them, I think you'll remember when we when we did Daniel in in Daniel chapter twelve, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. You know he uh, he he went. I've said chapter twelve is chapter four, but anyway, uh, this all happened to Nebuchadnezzar the king. Twelve months later, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace in Babylon. The king reflected and said, Is this not Babylon the great, which I myself have built as a royal residence and the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? Verse 31. While the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, sovereignty has been removed from you. We follow up, and he wound up in the field, you know, with uh, uh, his hair was long like feathers, his fingernails were like claws, and he, he was eating grass in the field. We have another instances when we were in Acts where Herod, he... Uh, he was there in his bright, shiny armor and everything, and he was uh, really proud, and the people were chanting, you know, that he's God, and rather than deny that he enjoyed the pomp and circumstance, and, and, and what happened? He says, you know, right then... Scripture says worms were in his body. I don't know what happened, but he died just a day, day or two later. So to be arrogant enough to say that you are God and you're, you can take care of yourself, that's contrary, contrary to Scripture. And the people that Jesus was talking to knew that. That if the man was was calling himself God, he would he would get the fate of Nebuchadnezzar and Herod, probably. But but they went on with it. He says <clears throat> verse eighteen again, he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling God his own father and making himself equal with God. And that's ultimately what took him to the cross. 
But John is bringing out some stuff. As we've said, that the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, didn't didn't cover. Uh, we've talked about that, you know, that the miracles. I gave you a little sheet last week. The miracles that that the Lord did. John didn't pick up any of of the miracles except the feeding of the five thousand. All four gospels have that, and we're going to talk about that next week. But <clears throat> but in this particular case. Um, he just filled in the blanks. So in this, what we're going to talk about today is some heavy stuff. And yet, it's very important that we understand who God is. Hold your finger there and just go over a few pages to John chapter 8. And we'll cover this again when we, when we get there. John chapter 8 verse 8. Verse 12. Uh, <clears throat> you with me? Then Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are not testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered and said to him, um, to them, even if I test about, testify about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I'm not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I'm not alone in it, but I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am he who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. Back to chapter 5. Look at verse 19. Therefore Jesus said to him, saying, Truly, truly, I say unto you, the Son, capital S, can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatsoever the Father does, these things the Son all does excuse me also does in like manner <clears throat> in the beginning of time god god spoke the world in existence in god's own time he sent jesus the redeemer from the first book of the Bible to the end his goal is redemption for mankind and he sent Jesus as a baby we're going to talk about that Christmas time he sent him as a baby but fully God and fully man the third part of the Trinity we're going to talk about later on when we get into the book of John there's a lot 
So this is the beginning of the Trinity. God. In the fullness of time, he sent his son. So we have two parts of the Trinity here. And it's all together. This is what Swindoll says. So it is with the Father and the Son. The Son is a perfect revelation of the Father here on earth in human form. Everything he does reflects the intentions and actions of the Father. Moreover, what the Father knows, the Son knows, because they are one being or essence. Therefore, they share the same mind. As we go through the book, we're going to add the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, which is at work today in us. God in the beginning, in the fullness of time, he sent his son, and Jesus said, I'm going to go to the Father, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> so what... what Jesus knew what these guys were talking about or what they were thinking in their heart. And you can put yourself in their position if you would. Here they were following the ancient scriptures and they were, they were doing what they thought to be good. However, it got, it got distorted along the way. We just got through with Samuel, and one of the big things we found out in Samuel, when, when Samuel was talking to Saul after one of his conquests, where God told him to kill everything, and he came back, and he, he says, I did what you told me. And Samuel told him, if that's the case, what's that bleeding I hear? And he told him to obey is better than sacrifice. And that's what God wants for us. That's what he wanted for his own children, the, the, the Jews, the Hebrews, call them what you will. He wanted them to be obedient. It's not any different than, than what we want our own children to do and be. We wanted our own children to be obedient and 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 grow and and mature into the people that we wanted them to be but it started with obedience obedience verse 20 for the lord for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself is doing and the father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. Back to my point a while ago, or just a second or two ago, when the Jews came on the scene, they thought they were being obedient. And if you would put yourself in their shoes, you know, they were doing what they thought. But why were they taken into captivity? as Isaiah, when we studied Isaiah, went through. Because they were disobedient. Because they put the Lord 
down. They worship, as, as Scripture says, under every green tree and on every high hill. They, they worshiped anything but God the Father who had brought them out of Egypt and led them by the, their hand. So these Pharisees were, we can kind of understand. But Jesus came here and started off, you know, turning the water into wine. He had the healing there at the pool of Bethsaida. And all the other miracles that I gave you on the sheet, there's 30, 35, 36. Scripture calls them signs. Um, and yet, Yet they were doing what they needed to do. But the thing you need to remember, these were scholars. They should have known. We talked about John, and we're going to mention him in just a minute too. You know, what did he come to do? He came to prepare the way for Jesus to come. So it wasn't, it shouldn't have been a surprise. They tell us, scholars that, that, that know a whole lot more than I do, that there's over 300 scriptures in the Old Testament that point to Jesus. And, and you, have to, you have to understand uh, where they are and what they're coming from. Verse 21, For just as the Father raised the dead and gives life, even so the Son also gives life for whom he wishes. You remember Naaman, the Assyrian king, uh, excuse me, the commander of the Syrian forces? He had leprosy. And his housemaid, who was a Jewish young lady, said if he would go to Israel... He says, there's a prophet there that can cure him. So he sent this letter. The king of Syria sent this letter with Naaman, go to the king of Israel. And he went to him and he gave him the letter and he says, I want you to heal my commander. And the king says, I'm not God. I can't do anything. He says, and it, it drove him to sackcloth and ashes or, or being humbled and, and thought again. And Elisha says, send him to me. And you know the seven ducks in dirty water. And that's, uh, he was healed. But uh, God, God uh, raised him from death to life in verse 21. Verse 22 for not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Later on, we're going to get to, to, to John <clears throat> chapter 20 and when he talks about uh, my sheep hear my voice and he says you're just like your father the devil that doesn't know anything and doesn't father me so he's saying here he says 
you need he who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him verse 24 truly truly i say unto you he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has life eternal and does not come into judgment but has passed from death unto life we talked about what John wrote when Art introduced the book, you know, and uh, we pretty much know uh, what the scholars have told us that John <clears throat> wrote wrote um, the gospel, the three epistles, and Revelation, and and this little phrase here, he says does not come into judgment but has passed out of death into life and anybody that writes we come back and we we say the same thing you know if you hear my stories you've heard them before probably because i tell them over and over i've told them so many times i think they're true but anyway we we all kind of do that if you're honest you know okay in 1 John 3, verse 14, we know we have passed out of death into the life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Uh, so he goes on to say, where, I must, 314. Uh, yeah, we passed out of life into death because we love the brethren, which is the same same phrase that he has done here in John. Verse 25. Truly, truly, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Just For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave the Son also to have life in himself. He gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Um, last week we talked about these people sitting around the pool of Siloam and, uh, or Bethesda and, and they were waiting for the moving of the waters. And we talked about this man had been there 38 years. God told him, pick up his pallet and go home. You think he was the only man around the pool? Probably not. But he picked that man to heal. And we have other situations. The crowd was pushing in on him and he said, who touched me? And this lady says, I did. And he says, your faith has made you whole. Was there not anybody else in that crowd that had a need that Jesus could heal? But he chose that person. There's a lot more we could say about that. Verse 26 for just as the Father has life in himself, 
so he has given it to his son also to have life in himself. And he gave himself authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. And those, and those will come forth who did good deeds to resurrection of life and those who committed evil deeds to the resurrection, resurrection of judgment. Velta and I in our daily Bible readings are in Ezekiel. That's a tough book for me to get my arms around. But it's some of the same thing that Jesus is saying here. Ezekiel said, Obey me, do good, and you'll be okay. Disobey me, go after your own pleasures, and you're in trouble. Bill's paraphrase. Back to Daniel chapter chapter 12, verse 1. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, that's Israel, will arise. And there will be a time of distress such as occurred since the nation un until that time and the time of your people. Everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. Many of those who are asleep in the dust of the ground will awake to everlasting what life, but others to disgrace and everlasting contentment. All right, back to verse 28, chapter 5. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice, and they will come forth, those who did good deeds to the resurrection of life and those who committed evil deeds to the resurrection of judgment. Daniel told them, Ezekiel told them, years before Jesus came on, on the scene, the scholars of the day, they should have known it. Whether they did or not, all they could see was this man healed on, on the Sabbath and told a man to pick up his pallet and go home. Verse 30, I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is just, because I do not seek my own, but the will of him who sent me. We just said, you know, that we don't know why they do some of these things, why Jesus just healed some. But he says, as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is trust. Verse 31. If I alone testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies of me, and I know that that testimony which he gives about me is true. Swindoll said, so it is with the Father and the Son. The Son is a perfect revelation of the Father in human form. Verse 33. 
you have sent to John, and he testifies of the truth. But the testimony which I receive is not from man. But I say these things so that you may be saved. He was the lamp. John was the lamp that goes before, shines in the wilderness, and was shining, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. Lamp, John. Light, Jesus. As a little boy, Art was with me in a lot of different cases. Velta's mother in East Texas had a shallow well, and it was under the house. And it appeared that every time we went to see her, I wound up under the house working on the well. And Art was with me. And he had the flashlight. Well, he was doing what little boys do. He was looking under the rafters and looking at the spiders and everything. I said, Art, I'm working over here. Put the, put the light where I can see, you know. The light. The light. We walk in darkness because we, we hadn't seen it. But John, Isaiah said that John's coming to show us the light. He was a lamp. Jesus is the light. We talked about that in, in the John 1 when we were talking about the light. Uh, that... <clears throat> In him was life and the light, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. So John testified of him. So there was also a witness of work, verse 36. But the testimony which I have is greater than the testimony of John. For the works which the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I do, I testify about me that the Father has sent me. Verse 37. And the Father who sent me, he has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time or see his form, you do, you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him who he sent. What John's laying out here, Jesus was equal with God. They knew each other. They were in, truly in one accord, and it was all about love. And yet, Jesus has the authority and the judgment to do what he could do. There was a witness of John, a witness of words, works, witness of the Father. 
this is how my Bible is broken up. And then in verse 39, we have a, rip, a witness of Scripture. And I told you that people who's supposed to know said there are over 300 Scriptures that point to Jesus from just the Old Testament. Verse 39. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. And you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. To no good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You've got the scriptures. You don't believe them. <clears throat> We've said it many times right here. Every day that I look at the national news, I come back to the fact this is the only truth in the world. We are raising people or maybe just this time where truth is abstract. You know, we don't have any absolutes. We Well, truth is not truth. If you don't read it, believe it, read the political part of any paper today or TV or on your internet or your phone. People are doing what they want to do. And yet truth is still truth and scripture brings us back to the truth. That's all we have. I mean, people argue, well, this is what I believe, you know. The other night, Velt and I were watching, what's that young man out there? I'm having a blank. Um, Tucker Carlson. There's a big deal now in a few circles that a man can have a baby. If, did you see that episode? No, I sure didn't. I mean, how crazy. How crazy. You know, and anyway, I won't go any further with that, but anyway, that... <clears throat> He says, verse 39, you search the scriptures because you think that in them they have eternal life. It is these that testify about me, and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. I do not receive glory from men, verse 42, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. You know, we can explain a lot by simply saying they're lost. They just don't know the Lord. And it, it's true. You know, that puts them in a totally different category. Once they know the Lord, it's a different show. And he says here, you don't, you don't know me. 
you don't know me. Verse 42, but I know you that you have not, that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. I have come in my Father's name. You did not receive me. And yet, if another comes in his own name, you will receive him. Verse 44, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God? It's amazing to me that you're fortunate enough to get an acting gig in Hollywood or produce a song that a lot of people buy and all of a sudden those two things make you an expert in some in some things they're fortunate to be where they are but the scripture is true verse 45 do not think that I will accuse you before the father the one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have set your hope. For if you believe Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? In Luke 16, we have a story that Jesus told about a rich man and a fellow called Lazarus. The rich man, the poor man died, went to heaven, says Abraham's bosom. The rich man died and went to hell. And then there was this dialogue. It says, I'm... I'm burning up. Just dip your finger in water and give me a little relief. Just a drop of water. And he says, go tell my, go tell my, my brothers. I have five. They won't, they don't want to come to this place. And Jesus says, they have the prophets. Let them believe them. And he says, no, but if one comes from the dead, he said, no, nah, they wouldn't believe you if you came from the dead. That's where we are. The scripture. One in God and the Father, I mean Jesus and the Father are one. There have been many witnesses to who he is, the biggest being this scripture. Now, if you don't believe this scripture, if you don't believe this, we don't have anything in common. It's all in this book. It's in this book. Well, we'll pick up next week in uh, the next, the next uh, chapter, chapter 6. And uh, we'll continue on in our, in our journey through the Gospel of John. Any questions? Comments? Criticisms? Okay.
Let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for loving us in spite of us. We thank you for every provision you made for life. We thank you for this book that you told John to write, and he filled in the blanks for what Matthew, Mark, and Luke didn't do. And he's lifting up Jesus in every situation. Bless us, Lord, as we read and as we study. And please, Lord, beat it in our heads that we need to be obedient to you and worship you and love you and love one another as you loved us. And that there's nothing good in our own selves. But if we can mirror Jesus or show them the way, it's a good thing. Bless Pastor Bobby as he preaches today. Be with Tracy and all the music and everything that's sung. Every prayer prayed, every word spoken. And we thank you. And we love you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I'd like to thank everybody for the cards and the prayers. Thank you, Jeannie. Yeah. Um,